her patron, and who was ultimately revealed as her father. Lizzie had been happy to learn she had a half-brother, Claude, by Charles's first wife. Her happiness had been crushed when their father had been unmasked as Charles de Maupassant, traitor, anarchist, and would-be murderer of two members of the royal family, including the heir to the throne, and Maggie and Lizzie themselves. If any man present knows of an impediment to the union of Emily Fragonard and Peter Livingston, Lord Selwyn, I charge you to declare it now. As street sparrows years ago, when they bothered to think about names at all, the girls had remembered theirs to be de Maupassant, which, on the tongues of the five-year-old ragamuffins they had been, had become Mopsy. The Mopsies they were, and the Mopsies they had remained, until they had come under the care of the lady and had had to be registered in a proper school. But neither of them cared now to take the name of a traitor. Claude, who along with his father, had changed his name to Seacombe in order for there to be a male heir for the shipping company belonging to his late stepmother's family, saw no reason why they should not change theirs too. Lizzie quite agreed. But when the girls returned to Munich, and change their registrations at school in the autumn, Maggie still did not know what name she would write on the form. Wilt thou have this woman to thy wedded wife, to live together after God's ordinance in the holy estate of matrimony? Wilt thou love her, comfort her, honour, and keep her in sickness and in health, and forsaking all other, keep thee only unto her, so long as ye both shall live. Which was worse, keeping a traitor's name, or one you weren't entitled to in the eyes of the law? For the ugly truth was that Maggie didn't know who her father was. At least Lizzie knew, though as she'd tell you herself, she'd rather not, thank you very much. All Maggie knew was that Lizzie's mother Elaine and her own mother Catherine had been sisters. Something had happened to Catherine that resulted in Maggie's birth, during the same week as Lizzie's, something that no one knew or was willing to speak of, something that Maggie was determined to find out on their trip down to Cornwall tomorrow. I, Emily, take thee, Peter, to my wedded husband, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love, cherish, and to obey, till death us do part, according to God's holy ordinance, and thereto I give thee my troth. Standing at Emily's left, the basket of roses at her feet, so that she could hold Emily's enormous bouquet with both hands, the lady combed the crowd until she located Lizzie and Maggie in the transept. Her expression softened with love, and Maggie put both love and encouragement into her return smile. Buck up, only a little while longer. Mr. Melvern's shoulders rose and fell in what looked suspiciously like a sigh. For as much as Peter and Emily have consented together in holy wedlock and have witnessed the same before God and his company, and there too have given and pledged their troth either to other, and have declared the same by giving and receiving of a ring, and by joining of hands, 
I pronounce that they be man and wife together, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Thank heaven, Maggie distinctly heard from the bride's side of the church. The lady compressed her lips in an effort to maintain the gravity the occasion warranted, but when the groom bent his lanky form and bestowed a tender kiss upon the new Lady Selwyn, her eyes took on the quiet satisfaction and happiness of a woman who was truly glad for her friend's good fortune. The fact that the title of Lady Selwyn had once nearly been Clare's had not escaped the attention of many in the church, but Maggie knew all too well that the lady was well rid of it, and of the man who would have bestowed it upon her. The bride and groom practically floated into the vestibule to sign the parish register. When they reappeared, Lady Selwyn was proudly wearing the small but ancient tiara that was now...